Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom, professional-quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. Now, back to the podcast. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, teachers, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help educators help our kids. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Blackboard, Schoolshine, and Market Bolt. Here's your host, Ryan Ferran. Hey everyone, thanks so much for being with us again. It's the School PR Podcast, episode 39. I'm just honored that you are tuning in and giving us a listen. It's been a great few years now. I think this is our third full year coming at you with School PR Podcast and trying to help everyone share their stories in public education and everyone's been so responsive and so wonderful supporting the podcast and our great sponsors, Blackboard, Schoolshine, and Market Vault. And uh, just really appreciate that and uh, really thank the listeners, the kind comments, subscribing, the ratings and all that. Super nice and generous. So thrilled you are with us and I'm very grateful you tune in. Interesting podcast today. We're going to talk not school PR. We're going to talk a little bit about storytelling and my Kobe story. Um, Obviously, the news recently hit us just shocking news about Kobe Bryant passing away so young. And when I first got the news, I was driving in my car and got a couple text messages. One said, Kobe, that was it. And then next one, can you believe Kobe? Oh my goodness. So I'm driving, I have my Apple CarPlay on, so I don't get any notifications from the news stations that I subscribe to and all that. Kobe, like what? So I finally respond back, what do you mean Kobe, what happened? Oh my goodness, you didn't hear Kobe died. What? So I get to my destination, pull over, checking Twitter, this has to be fake. That was the first thing I thought, like there's no way, another one of the spoofs. Somebody got on social media, something convincing, and it got picked up a little bit, caught steam, and soon enough it'll be a hoax, we'll all go on with our day, and it'll be great. Man, 
I could have sworn that was going to be fake news, nothing legitimate about it. And it was true, got confirmed, kept getting confirmed. And oh my goodness, then you start to see the news conference out at the crash site. And down here in Southern California, I'm in Los Angeles, and that's a lot of our listeners are in Southern California, but the news was huge everywhere. The NBA, Kobe, global, all over the United States, big. But here in Southern California, I live in Los Angeles. Oh my goodness, every single radio station whether it was classic rock, a news station, obviously the sports station, breaking the coverage and just every channel you turn to, every station, Kobe Bryant news, and just talking about it. People stunned and shocked. So it was just absolutely amazing. So that was my initial reaction was, this is just, can't be happening. Um, and so I'm sharing with friends and having some good buddies who are obviously Lakers fans and big Kobe supporters and loved him throughout the years. So I have a cool Kobe connection story, which in a past life I was a news reporter, so I, I thought I would share. And I just say this, just everyone sharing their stories. I was going to put something on social media, but I thought it's probably maybe a, bit, a little bit better for a podcast and I can explain a little bit and just kind of try and put it into words, kind of the, the cool kind of couple stories I have with Kobe Bryant. So years ago in a former life before school PR, was a started out as a sports reporter. So it was a sports reporter, transitioned to news reporting, but for years I uh, was a sports reporter, loved it. Wasn't good at it, but I enjoyed doing it, and it was really fun. Mostly you work in small markets, small towns throughout the United States, you go from a really small town, small market, kind of work your way up, see what kind of big cities you can get to and all that. So for me, I never made it to a huge big city, but on occasion we did get to cover professional sports and get media credentials to go to the sidelines of Oakland Raider games, go to the Dodger games and get media passes and credentials, go to Laker games. So that was really fun. We wouldn't do it too often. We're mostly, I mean, these small towns, you have to drive to the big cities to do it. But we did it a few times a year and got to cover it with, you know, the big national reporters and the big shots. And it was really cool. So I've been to a few Laker games covering the, the team. And um, one year we went, I think this was about 2010, my buddy Jerry and I, he's a photographer and videographer, great guy. So I was talking to him. I know this hit him hard. We went to MLK Day. There was a game, Cavaliers. I think it was 2010. LeBron was with the Cavaliers. They were at the Lakers. Super cool. We wanted to see LeBron up close and personal. We did that. Have a kind of cool, funny story about that. But when you're in the locker room with the reporters, you're basically just sticking your microphone over the shoulders of like 30 other reporters. And if you're get one question in, you're lucky, it's kind of cool. So we got to see that with LeBron. So the LeBron story is there's a media just crush in the locker room before the game doing interviews with LeBron. He's young, it's him and Kobe, you know, going head to head. One of the first times I think they really had one of those awesome head to head moments, MLK day, a lot of attention, national TV game, ton of reporters there. So we're just, I'm like six feet back trying to get my microphone in to pick up sound. So it's in the locker room, in the visiting room, and there's so many reporters there, it's taking up the space for his teammates that have lockers next to him. They can't get in there, so they're waiting behind the media to get in once the 
interviews are done. So it's about 20 minutes. Finally done. Me and my buddy Jerry are walking right behind LeBron as he's going out to the court or to the training room. Not sure where he's going, but we're kind of going out, exiting towards the game too. And LeBron turns to his teammates and goes, you can go to your locker now. <laughs> Just kind of making a joke that he realized they all had to wait for him to do his media session for the, for them to finish dressing and get ready for the game. So that was kind of funny. So that was a really cool experience. Got to see LeBron up close. He had no shirt on. Amazing thing was how enormous he is in person, how strong he is. He had the chosen one tattoo on the back. So that was like when you see these guys on TV, you go, yeah, they're big. But when you see him standing next to real people, uh, reporters that are not tall, not 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, it is just a massive sight. And it's really cool to get that perspective. A few weeks later, the Lakers are playing Golden State at Golden State up in the Bay Area where I'm from. I'm a Warriors fan, and so me and my buddy Jerry were like, we got to go to that game. That'd be cool. It's during the week. Um, let's go to Golden State and check out Kobe up there. So we go to the game. Really cool. Again, I think this is about 2010. After the game, we go in the Lakers locker room. I don't know if we missed the main kind of media session right after the game in the locker room or we just got lucky. It was not a huge game, middle of the week. Warriors weren't great back then, before Steph Curry and all that. So we caught Kobe Bryant in the locker room, and it was just me, Jerry, and three other news reporters there. So it was like five or six of us. And so we start asking him questions and about the game and stuff. Um, and I'm I'm kind of the lucky one that gets to – I'm asking some questions. I, I – ask another question. I don't even remember what the questions were, but I just remember saying, wow, I'm two feet away from Kobe Bryant. And there's, it's not one of those things like it normally is when it's, you're one of 30 people sticking your microphone, hoping to get some sound from him. So it's like, wow, he's like two feet in front of me. Really cool. So I somehow muster out some questions. I turned to my left where the newspaper reporters were and looked at them. And you kind of do that to give them an opening to, Hey, if you want to ask a question, go ahead. I'll defer to you. I don't want to ask another question if you if you have a question, kind of a common courtesy in media and reporting. So I looked at them. They kind of, I don't know if they were starstruck or didn't have a question. They didn't say anything. So I'm like, let me ask another question. Asked another question. Kobe, super cool. Answers. I asked another question. Look at them again. No questions. So I'm basically having like a one-on-one -on -one interview with Kobe Bryant. Now keep in mind, he's superstar Mega does national, you know, TV interviews on all the late night shows. And we're just, he doesn't know us from a hole in the wall. I'm not Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, anybody. I don't think um, the newspaper reporters, he knew them. I think they were local from the Bay Area. But he gave us like 10 minutes. And until we were out of questions, he was sitting there with us. And then when that was it, he was done and he left. So it was like this amazing wow i actually almost had like kind of a one-on-one -on -one interview with kobe bryant super cool go to the restroom afterwards uh, we're getting ready to leave and i see one of the newspaper reporters who was with us there asking the questions in the locker room after he goes hey man that was thanks a lot for asking all those questions appreciate that <laughs> and so he's thanking me and i was like it was just stunning i was thank you for allowing me to ask the questions and uh, it was just one of those really cool moments you know you're a small town sports reporter you get to go to a game and 
just that happens and you're driving home going, wow, that that was that was pretty cool. So that was kind of one of my Kobe stories that was really fun, unique experience getting to look back and share. Another cool Kobe story was what could stunning professional quality videos do for your school district's PR and communications? Find out how School Shine's professional video team can partner with your district at schoolshine.org. This podcast is also brought to you by MarketVolt Email Newsletter Solutions, providing industry-leading email newsletter solutions that better connect over 800,000 parents, staff, and community members with their school districts. Learn more about MarketVolt at betterk12newsletter.com. Blackboard believes in the power of good communication in helping students succeed and is a proud sponsor of School PR with Ryan Ferran. Blackboard, education's partner in change. Around that same time frame, maybe a year or two before or after, at the same station in San Luis Obispo, I had this segment on Sundays. I was the weekend sports anchor called The Sounds of Sunday. So it was kind of, I would run like gnat sounds, uh, like 20, 30 seconds of the big games, uh, the announcer saying, Tom Brady to, you know, Julian Edelman for the touchdown, Patriots go up, and then a NASCAR crash. I would play the sound of that and the home run off the bat. And that would kind of kick off my sports segment for that night. And so I started thinking, let's get some, you know, big names or people around here that people would know to do a little promo for kicking off the sounds of Sunday, like, hey, I'm Ryan Ferran, you may know me from the sports segment, and you're watching the sounds of Sunday. So Jerry would go to more games than I would, so we would both kind of, if we were at a big game, we would, we would get some people to do it. We got Tim Lincecum to do it one time, Don Mattingly, when he was the manager of the Dodgers, would do it. He made a really funny comment about getting his hair cut. He was on The Simpsons or something, they made fun of him. When he was with the Yankees and George Steinbrenner, they had a hair hair policy that uh, you had to keep it trimmed and short haircut and all that stuff. And he made a really funny comment about that, uh, doing the Sounds of Sunday promo. We got Ro- Ronnie Turioff doing it, Matt Kemp. Um, who else? We got a few other guys. Uh, Pal Gasol did it in English and Spanish. Jerry got him to do that. Um, so one time Jerry was going to the game. I was like, hey, man, if there's any way you can get Kobe Bryant to do it, like, I don't think you can, but... That would be amazing. So Jerry's down there covering the game. He's in the locker room afterwards, and kind of people are milling out, kind of getting downtime. People are leaving, and Jerry sees the Lakers PR guy, one of them, and says, hey, do you think there's any chance that Kobe will do a promo for me? Guy says, I don't know, ask him. So Jerry goes over and goes, Hey, Kobe, can you do a promo for me? Say, I'm Kobe Bryant from Los Angeles Lakers, and you're watching the sounds of Sunday. Kobe doesn't say a word, grabs the microphone. Jerry's like stumbling to hit record on the camera, hits it two seconds, two milliframes before he needs to. Kobe grabs the mic and goes, hey, this is Kobe Bryant from Los Angeles Lakers, and you're watching the sounds of Sunday. One take, boom, hands the mic back to Jerry, walks out and leaves. (laughs) It was so... Cool. I wish I was there for it. I wasn't, but we got to run the Kobe Bryant promo for my little segment on the sportscast on the weekends, and it was really cool. What's amazing about I've had the chance to meet a few celebrities doing news reporting and stuff. Recently met uh, Amy Poehler. Sorry for the name dropping. She shot a movie at our high school recently. 
the amount of pressure for them to be nice and courteous all the time is remarkable. Because if they have a bad day or a bad moment, you know, then that's all you remember of them. So if you're talking about, oh yeah, Kobe, and he didn't do something like that, you're like, oh man, that dude's kind of a jerk. And so I feel like celebrities, I don't feel sorry for them, but they are under that pressure where they can't have a bad moment. They can't not sign an autograph. They can't be hungry and want to go eat and not, you know, do an interview. So the fact that those guys are so big and such mega stars and they do take the time and they realize that, that was kind of cool. With Amy Poehler, we were doing a bunch of location scouts and the Netflix crew would come out and once in a while she would come out uh, to do it. So the, they had three or four location scouts when I'm showing like the directors and location manager, um, our high school and the scenes, classrooms and what they can do, all this stuff. Uh, one time I couldn't go. Uh, somebody else was doing the scout. Amber was doing it and Amy Poehler was there. And so they went through the whole thing. Really cool. I'm like, oh, man, the one time I don't go, Amy shows up. So the next time, a week or two later, they come out for another scout visit, check out everything. They're doing measurements, and they do a million things. So one of the location managers, Amy, comes up and meets me. I show him around. And so as they got there, he says to her, oh, Amy, you remember Ryan. Uh, he's, you know, he works for the school district, and he's the one helping us out and showing us around. The thing was, I hadn't met her. He just assumed I did because I've been at all the other location scouts. So I'm like, I'm not going to correct him. Like, she meets a million people, whatever. So, and she's like, oh, yeah, good to see you. Oh, wait. No, I don't think we've met, have we? And I was stunned. She, she realized we hadn't met. I was like, that is remarkable. Out of all the people she meets, how busy she is, she actually knew we hadn't met made the correction and I made some dumb joke like yeah I know who you are but you know you don't know who my, I am she gave me a courtesy laugh kind of thing but it was it was remarkable to see that everyone at school that met her had their own Amy Poehler I met her story and that's just like in a week's period one location out of like 10 for one film so they have that constantly and everyone had the positive I met Amy Poehler story but my point is, it is remarkable that a lot of those people, not all of them, but some have that capacity to genuinely, whether it's a front or not, have a genuine interaction with somebody and know your name and remember you when you're there. And, you know, if they do have a bad day or bad interaction, that's all you're going to remember from them. So that that was really i was really impressed with you know kobe bryant giving us the time of day we were small town sports reporter he sat there with us for 10 minutes it's late after the game and he could have had a million better things to do and he did um so i just wanted to share that kobe story pretty fun the amount of shock here in la it's just unbelievable to watch i listen to a lot of sports podcasts in addition to school pr podcasts and my million other podcasts Listen to these grown men who actually, a lot of them never even met Kobe, um, coming on the shows and just the tears trying to get through their stories and their impressions. I've never seen anything like this. The closest I could think of uh, recently, probably Michael Jackson. That was huge, especially down here in L.A. and Los Angeles. I was actually, another story, when I was a news reporter, 
in, in San Luis Obispo, the same market, his Neverland Ranch is in our viewing area in the Santa Ynez Valley. I never got to meet Michael Jackson, but after he passed away, there was a makeshift memorial at the Neverland Ranch outside the gates. So they sent me down there, go do a story, see what's happening. And I'll never forget, it was amazing. This uh, So there's probably a few dozen people down there. Um, Neverland Ranch is not easy to find. It is way back in <clears throat> Santa Ynez Valley and not exactly off the, you know, the 405 or anything. So we're there and people are making posters. They have signs and they're doing tributes and just talking to a few people, you know, what brought you out here? And one person, this kid, young kid, must have been 20, 21 years old, flew out from Australia to just be there for it. And it was kind of like, I'm thinking in my head, you know, like you realize he's passed on, he's not here, you can't see him. And it was just, he took time out of school, I think he was going to a university there, to fly out just to be with people that were mourning Michael Jackson just like he was. And I was stunned by that. And I, I didn't get that, I didn't understand that. You know, I knew Michael Jackson, fan of his music, but for somebody, I would have never, I would have never driven down to Neverland Ranch. It was a half hour away if I wasn't assigned the story. This guy flew from Australia to be there. So that reminded me of what we saw and are seeing here in Los Angeles now. People not knowing what to do, and they just went down to Staples Center and all these makeshift memorials doing Kobe chants, MVP chants like they did at Staples when he was playing. So it was just one of those, it's been one of those remarkable moments um, for a nation, regardless if you know anything about sports or not, and just to see people not sure what to do, not believing it, still not sinking in for people, especially in Los Angeles. But it made me think of back when that guy came out from Australia, just to be with people that are feeling how he was. So those are some of my Kobe stories. Pretty cool. And the other, only other t kind of big event like this, death in my lifetime, that really made an impression that I could recall too. I was trying to think about some of those. The Challenger. And that was, what was that, 86? Somewhere around there. It was 8 or 9. And I remember exactly where I was living in New Jersey, in the kitchen. I remember the small TV we had in the corner. My mom's stationary bike, white stationary bike that um, was used as a clothes hanger right next to it. I don't know why I remember the stationary bike there. I remember the TV on like, it's almost like the old school TV dinner stand watching it. And just, that was the first time that death really hit me. And I remembered every detail of where I was, when I was. It kind of made me realize my parents would talk about JFK death. They knew exactly where they were, how stunned they were. But the Challenger was the first time for me that I had a, an experience like that, that I vividly, vividly remember exactly where I was, what was around me, what the TV looked like, and I do not have a good memory. The Kobe event reminded me of that. And for so many people and a young generation, I think that's what they just experienced. Our high school kids, were wearing Kobe shirts and they had a little staged walkout they had um, during it. So it was just been an emotional week for everyone down here in Los Angeles throughout the country. I had a cool little Kobe story that I thought I would share. So 
thanks for entertaining that. And uh, if you didn't get to the end of this, I don't blame you. But it was just one of those neat things that happened. And uh, one thing that I'll remember for a long time and the privilege of getting to be a nerdy sports reporter that wasn't very good. But I did get some of those perks as well. All right, guys, we'll get back to school PR and all that great storytelling stuff that we do here on the podcast. Number 38, our most previous episode, is doing fantastic. It is Your District in 60 Seconds with Peck, Pachardo, and Jennings. We were up in Sacramento together. They all do this amazing 60-second video recap of their school district on a weekly basis. It has links, examples, how they got started. Some of them are experienced in being on camera and videos, some not, and they're all doing amazing things. So that's episode 38. If you're new to this podcast, we talk everything school PR, public relations in general. It applies to so many fields, marketing, crisis communication, social media strategy techniques, media relations. That's all in the School PR Podcast, and it's sponsored by Blackboard, School Shine, and Market Vault. They, we are thrilled they are with us and just so honored that you take the time to listen as well. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. Live life to the fullest. It's sad that tragedy has to remind us to do that. Embrace every moment. But... Uh, it is very true indeed, and I'm appreciative of you guys and every day we have together. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom, professional-quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be